Welcome to Follow Fox, a journey through nature's wisdom. I'm your host, Fox. In my 10-plus years as a professional naturalist and educator in New York State, I can recall three separate occasions where different people came to me with tales of an encounter with a cryptid monster weasel. Although these people had never met each other, each story was similar. They caught a glimpse of something huge and dark, with a long body and sharp claws. When I assured these individuals each time that it was a fisher and it's normal to see them, they all got pretty defensive. I suppose a monster is more exciting than a mustelid. Mustelids are the weasel family, and fishers are a member of this family. Adult male fishers are about 3 feet long and can weigh up to 16 pounds. Adult females are 2 feet long and usually weigh up to 6 pounds. Their fur is a dark brown, almost black color. They have short legs, small ears, a long nose, and a pretty fluffy tail. Like all mustelids, they are carnivorous. They will eat squirrels, rabbits, mice, voles, carrion, fruits, birds, frogs, and they are one of the only animals to successfully hunt and eat porcupines. They will attack a porcupine's head and unprotected belly until the porcupine is dead, avoiding all quills in the process. They sometimes are colloquially called fisher cats, despite not being feline. They also do not hunt or eat fish, though they will eat dead fish if they find one. European settlers noticed the similarities between fishers and their European polecat called a fitche. The fisher is roughly the size of a cat, so fitche became fisher cat, and soon just fisher. Fishers are forest dwellers, preferring coniferous or mixed hardwood boreal forests. You're most likely to find a fisher in old growth forests. They are skilled tree climbers, able to climb down trees head first, but are typically ground dwelling. Fishers are crepuscular, being most active at dawn and dusk and they are solitary except for their mating season. A male's territory, between three and five square miles, rarely overlaps with another male's territory, but male and female territories will overlap. They den in existing cavities, hollow logs, rocky outcroppings, underbrush piles, and other such places. When they birth their kits, they will den in hollow sections of trees high off the ground, Fishers do not hibernate and are active year-round. Like many solitary animals, they communicate with scent markings around their territory. It's been noted that because of their shy, solitary nature, fishers tend to make poor zoo animals. How Fisher Went to Skyland in Ojibwe Story Long ago, when the world began, before the humans came, there was nothing but winter, and winter had spread far across the land. The trees were bowed down with snow, the leaves were brown, and the few berries that grew soon withered and died. The rivers and lakes were ice, and those that lived in them suffered and many of them died. Those animals that survived had to be the best of hunters, and the best hunter of them all was Fisher, for he lived on both land and water and could run up frozen land and swim through icy water. But Fisher had a child, a son and Fisher's son was too young to be as good a hunter as his father. Days passed, and he found no food. And then, 
At last he saw something to eat. A squirrel who was so busy searching in the snow for nuts to eat that he did not seem to hear the sound or the smell of the fisher's son coming closer and closer and closer. And then fisher's son pounced. He grabbed hold of the squirrel and was about to bite when squirrel said, Stop! If you don't eat me, I'll give you some very good advice. And fisher's son stopped. And squirrel said, You want more food to eat? Yes, said fisher's son. Then you must ask your father to help, said squirrel. Your father is the only one who can go up to Skyland and bring back summer to bring light and warmth and food for us all. What must I do? And Squirrel told him what to do. That night, Fisher's son returned to their den and sat and wept and wept. He refused to tell his mother why he was crying. Fisher returned and offered his son a fish to eat, but still he cried and cried. Until at last, Fisher asked, Why are you crying? Because, father, you're the only one who can go to Skyland and bring us summer, and you will not go. Please, father, go to Skyland and save us all. Fisher looked at his son. This is a very dangerous thing you ask of me, but I will go. I cannot go alone. And so Fisher went to his friends, Wolf, Lynx, and Otter, and they agreed to help. And together they set off across the frozen landscape, Wolf, Fisher, and Otter running, their feet padding across the snow, and Lynx leaping from tree to tree, until at last they came to a mountain that seemed to stretch up into the sky. Up and up they climbed until they reached the top. They could see the sky above them. They could feel the warmth of summer hidden amongst the clouds. Come on, Fisher cried. We must make a hole in the sky to break through to the land above. All four tried, but only Fisher's claws were strong enough to scratch a hole through the sky. As Fisher gouged a hole, the sunlight flooded in. But it wasn't enough to melt the snow. So all four went through the hole. The animals were getting tired, but they knew that soon the sky people would discover the hole and try to stop them. So they dug and scratched and clawed at the hole as fast as they could. Sunlight flooded past them and into the land below. They could see the snow begin to melt and the water begin to flow. But then they heard footsteps thundering towards them. Save yourselves, shouted Fisher. I will distract them. And he ran off, shouting and taunting the sky people who chased after him. Lynx, Wolf, and Otter jumped through the hole in the sky to the safety and land below. And then they looked back up to the sky. Where was Fisher? As they looked up and saw the sky people chasing after Fisher. As they got closer and closer, Fisher climbed up a tree, hurling himself from branch to branch until he reached the top of the tree where the sky people could not follow. He's safe, thought the watchers down below. But one of the sky people had a bow and shot Fisher down from the tree as he fell tumbling towards the ground. The creator looked down. He saw the sacrifice that Fisher had made to save his friends, and so he took pity on Fisher. So Fisher never struck the ground, but instead Creator picked him up and placed him among the stars. And you can still see today the pattern of stars that we call Fisher high in the sky. And every year you can see Fisher cross the sky to begin the long journey to bring summer to the earth once again. Interestingly, in many stories of indigenous North Americans, fishers are portrayed as heroic, brave hunters 
while other mustelids get a less-than-stellar narrative. I wonder why. Maybe because weasels change their coats throughout the year, which can seem tricky and mischievous. Maybe because fishers are able to kill porcupines and lynx. Whatever the case may be, this is in stark contrast to modern interpretations of fishers. They are often thought of as bloodthirsty killers with a piercing shriek. Firstly, there is no good evidence that they make a screaming vocalization. If they do, it's not part of their common repertoire. Secondly, they are no more vicious than other predators, though there does not seem to be a size limit for animals they consider to be prey. Fishers don't like the snow and have trouble navigating through it. Perhaps this is another reason the fisher in the story wanted winter to end. Hunting in the snow is too difficult, and summer brings better opportunities. Fishers have incredibly soft and warm coats. So, as is the case with many fur-bearing mammals, they were nearly hunted to extinction in the 1900s. This was coupled with habitat loss as the logging industry took over most old-growth forests. There are now management plans in place for both logging and fur harvest that protect fishers. In some areas of New York, trapping fishers is banned completely. In other areas, it's heavily regulated. The trapping regulations are subject to change from season to season and are based on fisher populations. If you would like to hear more episodes of Follow Fox, you can find them at anchor.fm slash followfox, which is all one word. Please consider clicking the support button on the Anchor page. I'm also on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. If you have any questions or topic requests, or if you would like to request a transcript of this or any episode, you can email me at followfoxcast at gmail.com. That's all one word as well. Again, all one word, followfoxcast at gmail.com. The Follow Fox logo is by V. Wegman. I release new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month, so you will hear from me again on March 15th. You've been listening to Follow Fox. I'm Fox. Thanks for following.